Good evening, wrestling fans. It's episode 263 of Top Rope Nation. The first time we've been on the air in the month of August, technically, for a flagship podcast. We did a classic show for Patreon last week looking at Stampede, Canadian Stampede 97. But we haven't been on the flagship show since our SummerSlam review on July 31st. So we're checking in. It's Thursday night. The Field of Dreams game is going on about an hour to the east of me right now. Got that on the television next to me. And uh, I am joined, by the way, I'm Ryan Drosty, and I'm joined by none other than Justin Joint and Kyle Ross. Justin, how was your Thursday night going? Well, it's about to get a lot better because I, I have a, a dear friend who is uh, generous of spirit, and, and he let me take one of his very own Broken Skull IPAs. I have never had one, so I'm going to crack it open and try it for the first time right now. Oh, yeah. That was me. There you go. Cheers, boys. Yeah, picked that up in Chicago mm-hmm. for you. Very nice. Kyle Ross, what do you got in your Dallas Cowboys mug there? Coffee. Nothing like drinking coffee at 9.30 Eastern time. Good God, man. Are you going to sleep tonight? Uh, who knows? I was dragging ass about like an hour, two hours ago. It was um, the wife was out at some political event and I had both kids and I was walking around and like Trump rally, of course. Yes, it was. It was she was uh, it was uh, <laughs> uh, storming the Capitol too. Uh, I believe uh, <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Jericho looked lovely, I'm told. Uh, but no, uh, I was dragging ass out through a little coffee in here. Get fired up for the program. Fire off some takes. I got things awesome. to say. Hey, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit on a ton of topics tonight. Uh, Field of Dreams. I got a tie in for Field of Dreams. We're going to start off with here in just a second. We're going to talk no about. No clue w- what I'm going to say about that. Though. <laughs> I gave him a heads up on the question. WWE, AEW, some late breaking news on uh, AEW as well that I'm going to hit on as well and maybe get uh, some of you involved in the chat room so if you're joining us live like i see our friend alan patron of the show Ooh. is here let us know your thoughts on all of these topics as we go and of course if you're joining us on the podcast feed tomorrow morning that being friday please hit subscribe help us out leave us a five-star rating leave us a written review all those things do so much to help our growth and if you're on youtube subscribe like this video comment and turn those notifications on so that when you're subscribed, you get a little notification every single time we go live so you never miss a live show. And you are also seeing across the bottom of your screen the names of our lovely patrons. And we thank each and every one of them for their support. We're up to 38 now. We are too short of our goal for me to release my 20-year-old unheard interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan when we hit 40 patrons. That's going to be coming out. Oh, and by the way, if you guys didn't see this in the Facebook group the other day, I've had three Top Rope Nation shirts just taken up space in my office for almost a damn year, you guys. And I finally said, I need to just give these things away. So I got two size large, one size medium. It's the blue Top Rope Nation shirt. By the way, let me just show it on air. Got it right here next to me. It's this one right here. We all have this one. 
Justin's even wearing it. Look at that product. Wow. If you want this shirt, join the Patreon page for five bucks. Get all of our bonus content. And I'll send you that shirt in the mail for free if you're a size large or a size medium. So sign up. Hit us up in the email. There's like an email system on Patreon. Let me know when you join and I'll send it to you free of charge. There you go. Five bucks gets you all the bonus content and a free t-shirt. So if you've been kind of on the edge about joining, thinking about it, there you go. I'm going to push you right over the edge with that uh, free t-shirt offer. So Living on the edge! Yes. Hit me up. Let me know and come join the Patreon page. All kinds of good stuff going on. We talked about, uh, you know, we're always talking uh, every single week on this show about these watch parties we do over on Playback, which are so much fun. And I was just told tonight by Playback that you can now stream the Peacock service on Playback. And I'm thinking we might have to do like a watch party with some classic pro wrestling. If you're interested, of course, we'll post the link on Patreon or join the Facebook group. That's free, of course, in the podcast description or the video description. We've got a conversation going on right there, right now, about doing some of these classic wrestling watch parties. You guys can join wow. us. It'll be a lot of fun, I think. So, was it, was it on watch your cock. Here you go. Alan Awesome check in. He's wearing his shirt right now that I just had him sent in the last week. He won our quarterly drawing for the $10 tier patrons. Every three months, I do a drawing for free shirt and Alan won that drawing. So congrats, Alan. I think he's going to be wearing it to Dynamite in about a month, he said. Oh. Uh, Philip checking in in the chat. He wants some free merchandise. There you go. So, yeah. Now, let's let's get to the topics tonight. All right. Let's not waste any more time. Field of Dreams game. As I said, it's going on right now out in Dyersville, Iowa, about an hour away from Justin and I. I haven't been there in years. Probably 15 years, Justin. It's the last time you were at the Field of Dreams. Uh, about a month ago. Well, there you go. You beat me. I need to take my children there. But uh, I haven't been able to get tickets to either of these MLB games that they've had the last two years. Would have liked to have seen my Cubs play tonight. Unfortunately, the tickets are like three to $400, and you have to win a lottery just to have a chance to buy them, to be an Iowa citizen to do that. Or you can buy them resale for like $800, $900 a piece. So most of the people at that game are very wealthy, but <laughs> it's a cool thing nonetheless. It, Looks great on TV. It's a cool thing for our state. And as I was watching this, I was thinking, what would be the pro wrestling equivalent of a Field of Dreams game? So, you know, you watch this game and what they're doing in this kind of like old timey feel, you know, the hand scoreboard, people are dressed up in old clothes that are working at the venue, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, that's a callback to the era that's represented in the Hollywood movie with Kevin Costner. So, if you were to do like a throwback wrestling event, i.e. a Field of Dreams wrestling event, what would the venue be for that event? Justin, let me throw it to you first. What what would you, your venue choice be for a Field of Dreams game-like wrestling event? Well, if we want to want it to feel like uh, pre-Vince McMahon, it would just be a smoke-filled bar, right? <laughs> just do that. <laughs> um, I think Before he invented the big deal, yeah. <laughs> I think the question is, do you look at, is it, is it just somewhere unique and interesting looking like, you know, probably a countless number of fields, baseball fields that it could be done at. I think uh, like something with a nice cityscape uh, would be good. I can't think of anything specific. I'm sure there's been wrestling events at Wrigley before, right? Oh yeah, probably. I mean, they used to do them at Comiskey back in the day, but I would imagine so. 
So yeah, I'm thinking either something like that, or I mean, obviously Field of Dreams is from a movie. So I don't know if you just go to that uh, last venue from The Wrestler. Not that that's <laughs> near and dear to many people's hearts. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think something cool would be like, just go to like back to Panama City for a show for like those old WCW ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. The the spring break shows these do. Yeah. There. Yeah, it looks like the NWA ran Chicago in the 50s. I just Googled it. So at Wrigley Field. So they have held pro wrestling there before. What about you, Kyle? What do you think? Well, my question was, I mean, does it have to be a building that's still standing? Like, or like, mm-hmm. I mean, are we I mean, because you I like mean, recreate it, yeah. Let's because well, 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 because I mean, your next question is going to be somewhat uh we have to lift the suspension of belief so i'm just saying are we just because to me i don't know like i mean if you want it to be in a classic venue i mean there's a lot of like old school places to do it at you could do the sportatorium in dallas you could do um allentown where wwe used to do their tapings all the time um oh god why am i blanking on the tapings? cow palace uh why am i blinking at the tapings where they used to do um championship wrestling at all the time like the it, it was in new york why am I um yeah hold on sure. well i can't look at it but you know what i'm saying like where yeah. orndorff like the place where orndorff pile drove hogan and they ran the taping uh, they did the tapings all the time you could do yeah. it there um boston old school boston garden with like the parquet out there that always looked cool and you'd see like mm-hmm. the Celt, you know at the house shows you see the celtics and the bruins flags yeah I don't know. Like to me, I would like probably want to do it at yeah somewhere that is synonymous with wrestling, if that's not cheating. Yeah, the, like the Cow Palace was the first one that came to my mind. Like the old Pavilion in Calgary, the Sportatorium. Yeah, all of those I think. And then I like the outdoor feel too, like Justin said, with the cityscape behind it. Because as I said, they used to do wrestling at baseball fields all the time back in the day. I mean, they still do occasionally, but. That would be a cool venue. The next question was, all right, so now you're thinking of the movie where you've got the 1919 White Sox, you know, coming back who were famously banned from baseball. Now, these people don't have to have been banned from pro wrestling, but now let's let's imagine Field of Dreams is a movie. Who would you bring back? Like, who would be your ghost wrestlers to come back to wrestle one last time, one last match, to come down to the ring? People that are now deceased. Justin... as you alluded to, you know, in the movie, it's it was disgraced players. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with, with professional wrestling, either if you're disgraced, you're either, you know, A, it's justified, <laughs> or, or, or B, it's not enough for you not to come back at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, but the, the first name that came to my head was Pillman. Um, just trying to think of somebody whose career risk cut short you know obviously there's owen hart but i i could see him coming through the fields like oh fuck i can't get away from this goddamn sports entertainment <laughs> what about you kyle someone that's to sad randy savage played baseball yep. there's a tie Ooh, there we go all right um i don't know who else bruno yeah 
they don't have to have been disgraced. I guess, okay. you know, people who are deceased that you would like to see wrestle yeah. one last is, match. Is Ric Flair dead yet? I'm, let me refresh Twitter here. <laughs> I saw he got a birthday cake. I don't know what's uh, going on. Oh, no, he's this not freaking dead guy, yet. man. He's not I wish dead I, yet. I wish I didn't say that was my last match, he says. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, he'll get in the ring again. Just watch. Uh, okay. Anybody else? I kind of want Judo Jean LaBelle to come back to life. I know we just recently lost him, just so he could tell me personally more about that Steven Seagal story I read on Twitter. Shook that man's hand one time. No, I didn't read that. Oh, no, like Jean LaBelle. So Seagal, you know, I always like thought he was like so tough and stuff like that. Yeah. And like Judo Jean LaBelle, I forget what Seagal movie it was, but he like choked him out. Like, like during the taping of it, Seagal like would deny it, and, and you know until the cows came home. But apparently, wow. many people have corroborated it. Yeah. Wow. Did uh, yeah? Did sorry? Did you guys shout out uh, the Von Erichs? Okay. Yes. Uh, seeing that in the chat, Philip had that because that's like yeah. if you build it, they will come. You, you know, you rebuild the Sportatorium, and Von Erichs can show up. Oh God! I'm surprised, imagine that. I'm, I'm surprised uh, Fritz von Erich didn't use that as a gimmick at 85. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like yeah, something I, he would have done to get it pop up last house. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a great image, though. Like if you could recreate that in a movie, the Sportatorium is brought back to life, and like all the von Erich boys come out. Of course, so much tragedy in that family. It'd be quite the scene. Yeah, I was thinking Owen Hart, Pillman, the same, Randy Savage. Andre, of Piper. course, Piper. I mean, there's so there's so many Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, of course. Mm. There's so many in pro wrestling, and you don't, you know. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna say just uh, to tie up some loose ends here. I have two to tie up. Uh, for those, it was uh, Out for Justice was the Seagal film where apparently that happened where he was choked oh, out okay. by Judo Jean LaBelle, and that was also uh, the it was the Mid Hudson Civic Center. I, I didn't want to be wrong, but uh, that's what okay, it was yeah. the WWE in Poughkeepsie. There you go. Yeah, I mean, there's so there is so many, but you know, I was gonna say WWE has kind of tried to do. They've done like the raw throwbacks, I guess, is like kind of a you know a similar really thing where they bring back old guys, the old set or a version of the old set, kind of the old ring ropes, the red, white, blue ring ropes and stuff. But when they do it, it's shitty though. It is shitty when they do it. <laughs> so yeah, Adam said in the chat the Olympic Auditorium in Los I'm Angeles. A, I'm, I'm the, there you go. The Shreveport Boys and Girls Club. Where they tape mid south all the time. Yeah, there you Frickin go. I wonder if that's still standing. Make somebody make. I love the story that when there was the fair going on outside. You guys, anyone who's read Duggan's book knows this story. But that um, it was the night that Duggan um, hid in the gorilla suit, and they JYD lost a loser leaves town match. Well, Bill Watts, you know, who had such a hard on for these things, was convinced that if people just saw this random gorilla show up around ringside. They're like, Oh, this is going to be a work. We know someone's hiding in there. So he made Duggan go in the gorilla suit and like hang out at the fair all day outside. That was going. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Classic. All right. I just thought, I thought as a tie in with the field of dreams game going on, being from Iowa, Justin and I would be kind of a interesting, creative little discussion there. So there's Did the your, do the Cubs have five runs yet? It's four zero right now. Damn it! Wasn't the wait, wasn't the there a, a a goofy lame uh, baseball player gimmick that WWF did in the mid nineties? Yeah, what, what MVP MVP yeah. and Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. They, they That's what I was thinking. Of. Was, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. What about? 
Remember those commercials where Randy Savage was willing to play catch with children because yeah. WWE, Our there is no off Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking shameful. <laughs> oh, 94. Yep. Who will ever forget? All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to current pro wrestling. Someone very much alive once again, coming back from injury. CM Punk appeared at the end of AEW Dynamite, the Quake by the Lake in Minneapolis last night. They kept that one real close to the vest. Nobody reported that he was there at all. I kind of had thought maybe we get a Kenny Omega appearance because that was the site of his last match. Looks like we're one week off from that. Looks like he's going to be there in West Virginia next week if television's any indication. But we did get CM Punk at the (laughs) conclusion of the show. And uh, yeah, no reports, as I said. Fightful Select didn't have it. Wrestling Observer didn't have it. Nobody had it. PW Insider didn't have it. Apparently, there was a restricted access area backstage at the Target Center in Minneapolis where Townley couldn't go all day. And Punk played it close to the vest, too. And I guess that's where he was hanging out. So nobody, you know, the word could not leak. Uh, So I just wanted to start by asking you your thoughts on the main event between uh, John Moxley and the Lionheart Chris Jericho and your excitement level with CM Punk back, Kyle. A uh, couple things. So people had been reporting that he was in a walking boot. Where was he at? Like this San Diego Comic Con or something like that yes. last yep. week. Okay. But like somebody said at one point they spotted him without one, a walking boot, which was, but yeah, like you said, nobody knew for sure he was coming. Uh, it was, Spoiled for me because I was watching on a delay, and I don't know if you guys do this, but I always like have Twitter open. I'll have like a certain like account or something, maybe open to see what you know people were saying. I scroll up, but not too far because I don't want to spoil myself. Well, I accidentally scrolled up too far and saw. I was like, "Fuck!" Well, I guess he's coming back. But this return was so good that even though I knew it was coming, it popped me, and I've watched it like multiple times back. It was just outstanding and there's an immediate energy brought back to this promotion as a result yeah yeah we're finally getting some of these names coming back now punk this week omega next week i mean yeah we got danielson back now of course uh justin joint your thoughts yeah i was stunned like you i was kind of expecting omega but you know at that point in the night i certainly wasn't it felt like the opportunity for that had passed Mm. uh I loved the match between Moxley and Jericho. In fact, the only thing I am still kind of unsure about at this point was the whole Lionheart gimmick part of it, because I like that aspect of it. It just didn't seem to fit in this point in time. Like that's a very baby face gimmick. So why not do that when Jericho was a full blown baby face of now that he's a healed and uh, not by any means did I not enjoy the blood because I always enjoy the blood. Uh, but it's not like that was a big part of his Lionheart character either. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then you get to the surprise. I was shocked. And honestly, the highlight was for me, for me was the way Moxley, uh, geared up for the face off. Cause it's like, you know, normally they, the guy will be, have his back turned and then he turns around. He's shocked that, you know, his future opponent is standing there, but he didn't play it like that. He, he knew who was behind him right away, slung the title over his shoulder, you know, turned around. We had that great face to face with, you know, the blood still running from Moxley's ear and, 
yeah, it was incredible. Great moment. Uh, And it's a good thing that he played it that way because you had Jim Ross on commentary saying, yeah, yeah, you know who's behind you. Come on. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Hello. I like the little detail where they showed him kind of sitting on the mat and Blackpool Combat Club was outside the ring and he kind of like told him to stay away. That was cool. Like Mm. he didn't need him. And then they had the face off at the end. Of course, flipping him off. It was, yeah, fantastic. I I loved it. I didn't have it spoiled per se. A friend of the pod, Jesse Velasquez, he was there and he sent me a text afterwards that said um, something along the lines of, I might have to get a cheap plane ticket to Chicago. So when he sent me that, I'm like, all right, something, something big happened. And so I figured it was probably punk, but I didn't know for sure. And then I just put down my phone because I was watching on delay too. I saw the first hour live, put the kids down to bed, and then I was watching the rest kind of on delay. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't look again, but that was kind of what I thought it would be. I mentioned this on Facebook, the way the Jericho Appreciation Society fed punk was like perfect. It should be studied by all heels in this business. I mean, particularly Angela Parker, the bump he took. Mm-hmm. And then you had Garcia. Um, and then Sammy leaps over the rope. So it's like even more special. Punk discards him. Hager, who's usually worthless, you know, Punk was able to get rid of him. <laughs> and then and then Jericho did the thing too. Um, you know, so you know, he cleared all five. Punk looked like a total badass. Mm-hmm. The crowd was going crazy for him. Um, aside from that joke I made about JR. Uh, a few moments ago. He was actually good once Punk returned. I think the, my God, my God, that's what you pay Jim Ross, why you still pay him uh, mm-hmm. to be out there. I, I mean, I thought for the most part it was a pretty dreadful night for JR. But uh, yeah, it couldn't have been better. And uh, I'll get to the main event in a minute. But first, I got to say this. Quake by the Lake, JR noted his, it was it was rumbling. He said it felt like it was rumbling under his feet. Tony Khan with another great name. There truly was an earthquake going on. It was the Quake by the Lake. <laughs> yeah, so so this, uh, the unification match at All Out, you know, this was the, the hope by AEW this whole time is that he would be back by then. Oh, you, you, you know, so I was, I I was going to have that be a lead and say when they make their Iowa debut, I want yeah. the show to be called Rumble in the Jungle. So you guys for like two months could say how there's no jungles in Iowa. But then the main event will be this like fucking 30 minute bloodbath. And then the joke will be on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that they're ever going to come here. We'll see. Maybe eventually Des Moines gets like a TV taping or something. But I think we're going to be driving to see, which I can't complain too much. They have a lot of shows within a pretty brief drive from here. Three to four hours. So. I'll be there at All Out, speaking of that, and uh, I'll be there with some friends of ours. They're, they're going to be here in a couple weeks, two weeks, they're going to be here in Cleveland. You're going to be there for that, most likely. And so we got the unification match. They didn't know for sure if it would happen. They were very, very hopeful that Punk would be back by then. You can go back in the archives. Uh, right after he had the surgery, I said on the pod that like six to eight weeks was what I was hearing, and that lines up perfectly with where he's at right now. And I think I even said at the time that you know, he gets cleared in early August. Obviously, you hold him off. You don't want to bring him back too quickly. If he's cleared in, in early August, give him that extra month, get ready for the pay-per-view. That's what they're going to do. And, I mean, what's your excitement level for this? You know, we talked a lot about was Moxley the guy to make interim champion or not. Now, here we are. He's going to be the champion. This is going to be the main event there in suburban Chicago. So, uh, you're going to be watching pay-per-view, Justin. What do you think of this match now? 
I think this is the right call. Um, I can still sometimes be a little lukewarm on John Moxley, but this has been a pretty incredible title run he's had. And, you know, he's a former champ, so that legitimizes even that much more, you know, having that interim label slapped on him. So mm-hmm. you know, when you think about some of their other options, I, this was definitely the best way that could have gone. And, you know, thank God Punk was able to get back in time for All Out. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna make for a really interesting uh crowd reaction in Chicago because Moxley is certainly beloved. Yeah. I think it'll be heavy punk just because it's Chicago. If it was anywhere else, that would be really, really interesting. I mean fifty fifty. And because he's, he's been off TV. I mean, mm-hmm. again, going back to what I said, that immediate energy punk brought back. Cause I was mm-hmm. a little worried, to be honest with you, um, about a couple things. One, um to backtrack to what Justin said a few moments ago, like Omega, it was obvious that um, they telegraphed what Omega's role is probably going to be at all out in the trios tournament. Right. So once they did that, you're like, okay, well that's Omega's probable direction for all out. And in my head, I'm watching, I'm like, fuck, if punk doesn't come back, like what's the main event for all out going to be? I was like, Jesus, like, Mm -hmm. are they going to like shoot an angle tonight where like Jericho gets a rematch or something? I'm like, that doesn't seem too inspiring. Oh God. But you know, I mean, because seriously, well, I mean, if it, I mean, I guess it's worthless to speculate on it now, but what else was there? The the, the play, and they kind of ruined it by announcing it beforehand with Kingston and uh, Guevara being a pay-per-view match. Because I think that's your only other option. If Punk wasn't able to come back, because you got to do Moxley and Kingston. Yeah, unless you brought MJF back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it just. But look. the excitement level is good as you know, we and Justin, I'm glad you just brought up Kingston's name. Cause we've talked about on this show was Moxley, the right guy for the interim champion with Kingston, a new guy, you know, someone who hasn't held the title been more interesting. Maybe, but you also made the point and it's one that I would agree with. Moxley has been outstanding as the interim champ. Now I know Jr. Jesus Christ, this guy. Oh, I'm not too keen on this interim champion. What are you doing? The other announcers <laughs> went eight. Did, did you catch that? The other announcers went eight. Yeah. Adam. They're like, they're like, because I, you know, maybe they knew, but they're like, motherfucker, you're killing our pay per view main event. What are you saying? <laughs> Even if you feel that way, you don't say that on national television, right? But um, I think what's cool is uh, it could go either way. And AEW usually does it. I, I still feel with the four pay-per-views a year or whatever, I would love for them to announce a pay-per-view main event early and hype the shit out of it for weeks. Mm-hmm. Old school, make me just yearn for it. They, they don't do that. They kind of wait <laughs> as long as possible, a few weeks out. But then every time it seems we're like, oh, shit, who, who's going to win this? This is a great main event. Mm-hmm. And there's probably arguments for both. I think it's interesting, and I want to hear from you guys on this, that Was there, since Punk is just coming right back, okay, was there an actual need for an interim champion? Is this the best possible storyline for All Out where, okay, Punk won it at the last pay-per-view, but he got hurt right away. And this is the guy who became our interim champion and, okay, next pay-per-view, they're wrestling. I mean, was there a better idea to take Punk out of the equation and have a main event with someone than doing an interim champion? Because JR's not too warm on it. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was never a huge fan of it. I said that right at the very beginning. Um, 
I think it would have been fine to to have your world champion. They could have done an injury angle, whatever. Take him out of it. They could have put more focus on the other belts. It's not like there's a lack of belts on television. Um, Wardlow, you know, he's he's starting to heat up a little bit now. But right around the time that Punk was injured, he lost so much steam, you know, right away. You know, his path to the TNT title, they could have made that, you know, kind of the big championship on TV while he was away. They just had the Mid-Atlantic championship unveiled as well. Uh, we know now they got the trios title. You know, they could have maybe introduced that earlier. Yeah, go ahead. Well, but the, the key is, okay, Punk, if you keep the world title on him and don't have the interim world champion and he's coming back for all out, how, like, what's the angle for his return in the main event then if you don't do an interim champion? Because I think like in the old days, what they do is they would write him off with an injury angle. Injury angle, yeah. Yeah, yep. but they, they don't, can't do that because they don't want to, je- you know, they don't do, they don't, they're not going to be like, you know, like freaking they fly Davy Boy, or uh, pardon me, Dynamite Kid in fucking traction halfway across the country just so he can fall over outside the ring because we're like, hey, we need you to lose the time. They don't do that anymore. And, and, and that's smart. So, Outside of doing like a big injury angle, this probably was the best move, I think. Just have it because like Moxley's been on a big run and and now, like you said, Justin, he's been the champion before. It feels like a you've got two champ champions being this actually it couldn't have worked better with the interim thing, which I'm not that warm on either, Ryan, in interim mm-hmm. and Jim Ross. But um I think this kind of couldn't work have worked any better right now. It feels like a really hot match. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's only going to get hotter the next couple of weeks. You know, I have all the faith in the world that they're going to build this match up to be even better. Because this, like you were saying, a lot of times we've sat here and we've said, God, what's the direction for this pay-per-view? Or three, four weeks away, we got nothing on board. Then all of a sudden, those last couple of weeks, they get us super excited. And, you know, we got the couple of weeks now. We have, what, three weeks, three, four weeks. And so, yeah, I think it's the excitement's only going to grow. I agree with you. It works out now, but they could have done, they could have certainly done to you write them off with an injury angle and they could have kept them on television, you know, throughout from home and they could have followed his recovery where like they would have been honest about his recovery time from the onset, you know, six to eight weeks or whatever. I'm going to be back for all out. Think about, you know, not exactly the same thing, but like what, WWF did when they filed Triple H back from the quad. You know, they would check in on him, that kind of thing. They're checking in on your world champion. He would give some great promos on these taped interviews from home, I'm sure, and from the gym, you know, from the doctor. And they that would get you hyped for his eventual return and to get revenge on whoever injured him, whoever that would have been that they would have wrote into that situation. So that could have worked. There yeah. is an X factor here. And th- since they did play it so close to the vest, we don't know. But there probably was some doubt. Can he be back for all out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that th- that's the that's the other thing too. Yes, it's worked out. He's going to be back. He's going to work Moxley. But maybe that wasn't a hundred percent. If that's the case, okay, I can see you creating the you know need for an interim champion. But again, I mean, you don't you, you didn't need to. They didn't strip him. You know, I, I mean, I think when you have a popular champion, there's no need to strip him. But you know, in terms of him wrestling someone in an angle, I think, okay, hey, you know, Moxley going on this big run was as good as any other option because I don't know what other option there was. For yeah. Thoughts, Justin? No, I think you guys have laid it out pretty well. This is, uh, to me, 
I haven't had near of a problem with the interim championship, and I think this has played out pretty perfectly. Does this match feel bigger than Punk and Page? I know it's kind of early to say that. Yeah, I think so. Because Moxley's I, been a better babyface champion than Hangman Page was. They've they've treated him like a better yeah. babyface champion. He's yeah. been he's feel it feels like he's been featured more than Hangman yes. ever was. You know, <clears throat> Hangman had the the shadow of Punk, and not only Punk, but like the you know waiting for Moxley to come back and you know Brian's ascension as an AEW superstar. He just had so much to overcome. Whereas like you know the spotlight has been shining bright on Moxley the entire time. Yeah, yeah. with Adam Cole didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam, Adam Paul, not Adam Cole, almost said Adam Cole. Adam Paul on Facebook, he said, what's the long run going with the Punk versus Moxley, Moxley match? Does the winner have a long run until the MGF deal is settled? And this is, I thought Jesse and I had a really good discussion on this. So I did Jesse's podcast, uh, Wrestling Unplugged and Undeniable last week. Good friend of the pod. Check it out. Uh, and we talked about this. He asked me, like, how do you bring back MJF? And we were kind of fantasy booking it. And first of all, I said, whenever MJF comes back, uh, you got, you pretty much have to insert him right into the world title picture, I think. Because, you know, he can't go for an underneath title. He can't go back into, you know, feuding with Wardlow. It's like, where else does it make sense? And the way that he left, getting cheered in that promo, he still tried to heal on the crowd in LA, but he was getting cheered and he stole the show with all that. When he comes back, he's probably going to get cheered unless it happened in Chicago. And I want to th- see what you guys think about this. Because what I said on Jesse's show is if he's coming back, like I would and you want him to go right away into the world title. Depending on when you would want to do the match, you know, whether that is Grand Slam or down the road at full gear or whatever, if they wanted to do it sooner rather than later, I think you looking at how last year at all out. They did the big angles at the close with the, the two debuts, you know, with Brian and Adam Cole. If you imagine Punk wins the match and then you bring yeah. out MJF yeah. and MJF has this face off with Punk in Chicago. It's probably the, one of the only buildings in the world where Punk would for sure get cheered over MJF. Because I do think when he comes back, he's going to get cheered everywhere else. But if he came out to go face to face with CM Punk in Chicago, I feel like he would get booed and he could bring up he, he's going for the, he wants a world title shot and he could mention he he beat CM Punk right here in the same city on Dynamite different venue downtown but still in Chicago and he wants a shot at the world title he could talk you know same kind of stuff he carried this company he's been gone the company's been dying ever since he's been gone whatever but I think that that would be a great way for him to come back but I don't really have a you know, I don't have a lot of other ideas on how you bring back MJF. What do you think, Kyle? I would slightly alter that. My thought okay. was the same thing. What I would do is, okay, you, let's say Punk wins a bloody war. It's a John Moxie match. There's going to be blood. There will be blood, <laughs> yes. as they yes. said. Uh, Dan, maybe Daniel Day-Lewis can be the uh, special guest referee. But, uh, you know, he wins. He's posing. Show's wrapping up. All right, folks, we'll see you. MJF comes out of the crowd, just attacks him like with a baseball mm-hmm. bat. And it, and it feels more like, I think if he comes out with like to his music or something, and it's like a fit, like that doesn't fit the angle. Like he, no. like he, yeah. he, he, sh- he should kind of come out like he's an outsider. My God, I yeah. thought this man quit. You know, yeah. and if he yep. just beats, and then to your point about getting a heel reaction, if he like just beats this guy down and just had this killer match, 
throw Chicago, the fact that it's in Chicago in the mix, he's going to probably get a heel reaction. There's going to be some people who cheer because the nature of wrestling in 2022 is when people re- make returns, they get cheered. Yeah. If they're a star. Um, it'll it'll be interesting. I, one would assume when Punk won the title double or nothing, the plan was a long-term run, right? Yeah, this, this came up with Jesse too. I think when yeah. he c- comes back, I don't think it's going to be a long run. He lost those months. But, you know, what can you do? Because um, I think MJF, if it, if it, if he does go into an MJF feud, MJF has to win it, I I feel. Well, then do you just hold off the MJF thing? Well, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, that's my thought. Either way you look at it, whoever wins this match at All Out has, has got to hold the title for, to me, a decent amount of time to to legitimize the reign that much more especially if it's if it's punk because he didn't really you know get to defend the title at all and then there's the issue well what do you do when he loses it with punk if Mm -hmm. because if you're going to give mjf a long run what does cm Mm -hmm. punk do so yeah i mean i I mean i could see okay well who would who could punk feud with then if it's not mjf for the next pay-per-view cycle I mean, this is kind of an issue, actually, with AEW, mm-hmm. where it feels yeah. like um, they don't... It's more like, options for a heel MJF, be honest with you. with Especially with people coming back. Like, Kenny's coming back. He's going to be babyface when he comes well, back. Oh, He's well, going to get then, cheered. Oh, well, there, there you go. There, You just said it. See, they've never done CM Punk and Kenny Omega. I mean, I guess they could do face-face with those two. Yeah, although kind of, yeah, is it gonna yeah, yeah, is it gonna fit? I don't know. Well, and that and, and kind of in the same boat is I mean, you have a returning Omega lose a big match right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I just don't I, I honestly I don't feel like he has to have a long reign. I know it sucks he got injured, and you know, he we we're gonna have the summer of punk and all that. But I gotta think too, you know, this company plans their champions out well in advance. And so, like, if they, you know, he might have been figuring Tony Khan, especially knowing what was going to happen with MJF, maybe, and having an idea that they could, I don't know, we don't know the whole story there yet, but a lot of this feels like it's a work. Mm-hmm. I know MJF wants to get paid more. That part's legit and stuff, but we all do. He could, you know, <laughs> he could have been thinking, like, all right, full gear. Full gear is going to, you know, have me have punk hold the title for full gear, not knowing that he was going to miss out on three months during the middle of that title reign. But like, like you just said, Kyle, you get in a situation where, all right, who's he go to next? Who's he retain over to keep that title reign running? And that, and that's why I said at the very beginning of this, it depends on when they would do the match. You know, if MJF is going to be the opponent for full gear. Then you wouldn't bring him back at Chicago. You'd wait a while still. But if they want to do it earlier, you know, for one of those bigger dynamites, like in New York or something, you'd, then you would do it there at all. Out. I don't know. I mean, I just it's all speculative. I just thought it was an interesting topic that we had talked about on Jesse's pod. And I want to get your you guys take on it. But it's 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 tough, but they I have mean, good options. No, I mean, well, I think the key and what we know is MJF eventually feels like he's going to get the title. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of, you know, what they and I'm assuming they do have a plan because we all anticipate that he is coming back, that there was a large degree of working there. So I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, I trust that process a lot more than fucking Dexter Loomis. Oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other thoughts 
on Dynamite, I guess, really quick before we get to the WWE stuff. I mean, overall, I thought it was pretty strong show. Uh, you know, we go ahead. It was a show. You know, when I watch AEW and, you know, not to be overly negative, I thought it was a great show. I thought it was one of their best shows mm-hmm. in a long time because of the punk return. But I feel like every segment, there's something that shouldn't happen. They need a little more quality control on their television. Like, an example, you know, I love Darby and Brody. I'm like, God, is this a hot opener? Just two guys just freaking trying to hurt each other. The way that interference was, it, it, it kind of dragged out. It kind of killed the heat of the match. I thought the tag went a little long. I, I like Daniel Garcia's promo. And then, like, Anna Jay does that, like, cartoonish thing. Like, hey, you, over there. And, like, that was, like, awful. And then there was, like, so the Jay Cargill match went too long. Like, through a break? So, <laughs> um... I, I feel, you know, there's, it's an ambitious promotion and I admire them. There's a lot of ideas in AEW. I almost feel like there's too many ideas they try to jam into one segment, one to show mm-hmm. in one week of television. Um, whereas WWE, which we'll get into, there's probably not enough ideas <laughs> for all the hours of TV they have. It's, you know, it, it's, it, I actually had that conversation with somebody in the business about six months ago. It was pretty interesting. Um, that you know WWE TV could be obviously stale boring they need to do more and AEW maybe needs to let it sink in a little bit you know talk about what we just saw yeah I mean to your point on the negatives on the show I agree with a a lot of what you said Uh, I think the Anna J stuff is I mean they're going to probably give her time to grow into this but she just overacts everything so bad she should be a valet she should not be Mm -hmm. doing that she's fine Should She's not be fine doing in it. that role. Okay, I mean it, it's it's a compliment. Good looking girl, but just stand there and just be available. You know, it's, it's almost ironic because we we talked about how they had seemed to drop you know her friendship with Ty Conti for all those months. Like, oh, what about the? They just never went back yeah. to it. We weren't saying make her a heel and <laughs> like. Well, I mean, come it, on. I mean, it's not terrible to have them together as heels, but just don't like. Her is like the, you know, the whatever, what is she, the queen, the something slayer or whatever? What is she? Yeah. But it's like the it's just it's it's phony, it's bad, and it should not be done. Yeah. Uh the Madison Ray Jade Cargo match, yeah, was not great. Went too long. Um, sloppy on both of their parts, I thought. And uh we have the injury to Chris Statlander, who I think was ranked number two in their rankings and now she's out you know she hurt her knee it sounds like on uh, the dark tapings last week so they acknowledge that backstage tony storm was talking about how you know she wants to be a women's champion still with thunder rosa her tag team partner you can get back to that match or maybe a triple threat maybe Britt baker gets involved because Britt baker is right there athena is like number three in the rankings and you know she's feuding with jade so then you have Tony Storm at number one, and then Britt's just kind of sitting there at number two. So maybe a triple threat at all out with those three, or maybe they do like a fatal four way and they yeah, get Jamie Hayter right. involved. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll see. There's a lot of directions they could go there. I don't think they're going to do a straight singles rematch from like what they did at Forbidden Door, though. You got to imagine Britt Baker's no, going to be on all out. So sure, and again. I- you know, we were talking about the women's division on our Facebook group not long ago, or earlier this week, and a couple things about the Jade match with Madison Rain. People don't want to see Jade sell. 
I think it takes away from right. her aura, and the ma- her matches mm-hmm. shouldn't go that long. I mean, she could sell a little bit, but then she just comes back and gets the win. Um, and I think she should be the world champion. I, I agreed with you know. I think we were all pretty universal in that discussion. Jay Cargill uh, feels like just a much bigger star than Thunder Rosa does right now. Um, that should be, in, you know. I, I think they need to do something with the titles, flip them somehow. Mm-hmm. She should be the world champion. Yeah. Doesn't matter if she can't do long matches. People don't want to see her long matches. People don't want to see Goldberg in long matches. I hate mm-hmm. when people. Well, can they work a twenty minute match? Why they got over not doing that? <laughs> I mean, she was yeah, like some of the offense she was taking. She was out of position and it looked sloppy. You could tell. I mean, she's still new to the business, but she doesn't need to be taking those moves either. <laughs> to your point, so no. yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else on Dynamite we want to hit? I would Justin? just say. Uh, Really, the only thing I truly find offensive is whatever they're doing with Luchasaurus, how he's still, you know, comes out to his new bad guy entrance and he's got the all black and yet he's on team Jungle Boy. I just don't understand any of that. Mm -hmm. He was so good as a heel. Yeah, I liked him as the Tyson Tomko uh, 2022 version. And it just it just made so much sense to to prolong you know, the eventual Jungle Boy and Christian match to have Jungle Boy go through Luchasaurus to get there. So that entire thing still bothers me, which maybe they're still playing to that because Luchasaurus came back and beat up a bunch of security guys and Pat Buck, and apparently that upset Jungle Boy a little bit, but who knows? Um, Which was weird. Like, yeah, we see like AEW officials get their ass kicked all the time, but but somebody put their hands on Pat Buck, and my God, we were <laughs> ready to call the local authorities. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the one other thing I, I I want everybody to keep an eye on is what they do with Ricky Starks going forward, because obviously I, a lot of us think he has a very high ceiling, but I don't see him getting into like even a TNT, you know, title shot anytime soon or the title pitcher regardless of which one anytime soon that that plan seems pretty clear with a handful of guys to get there and you don't want him off tv for a prolonged amount of time in fear of you know losing any of the moment the momentum they're starting to build with him so i'm just curious as to what they do with him and what you know the long-term plans are i mean i assume it's just a feud with hobbs Right, and he he might put Hobbs over very well at the start because you're right, you're you're coming out of the pay per view, no matter if it's Punk or Box, you're gonna have two babyface singles champions, and so you're you're right, Starks is not going to ascend it in either of those spots. So my thought, I mean, maybe he loses the first, you know, it's a couple match series where he puts yeah. Hobbs over that delays, and that's probably the play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can beat up QT Marshall a few times. Great wrestler. <laughs> Big factory fans here on this podcast. Yeah. They need to heat up a go-go again. He's just standing there. Yeah, yeah. What have they, and what have they done to Nick Camaroto? <laughs> what does that yep. look? Not great. All right. Speaking of not great, because I have a feeling not going to be real high on this, but let's let's shift to the other major wrestling promotion here in mm. North America. Let's go to WWE. Let's go to the Triple H regime. He is now not quite two weeks into, well, like a, 
like he took over before SummerSlam, but everybody said SummerSlam's direction was mostly set. And they kind of looked at that Monday after SummerSlam as kind of the reset. This is where he can start blank slate, you know, move forward. And so at this point, we're two Raws in, one SmackDown in. And I wanted to get Justin and Kyle's take on the Triple H regime. And how do you grade him so far? I'm not going to actually ask you to give him a an actual grade like we do on the pay-per-view post shows. But I mean, what do you what do you think? What's your general consensus? Do you feel more excitement watching the show? Are you higher on the WWE's future now that Paul Levesque is in charge? Uh, I know Kyle's a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm going to go to Justin first. And what, what are your thoughts on WWE now that he is in charge of creative? Well, I wish I could say, what are they going to do when they run out of pops? But I think the bigger question is, what do you do when the guys you're bringing in don't get pops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I have a similar point, Justin, in my notes. What does it say? Well, first, the, the first point before we get to that is, so bringing these people back that he's choosing to bring back, the Carrion Crosses, the Dexter Loomises, the Top Dollar, <laughs> Defend, um, bringing these types back clearly says something about where the Triple H-Vince relationship was, at least professionally, when these mm-hmm. fellows were getting the old heave-ho, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's obvious Triple H was not in favor of those people getting released. Yes. If, uh, you know, within minutes of him getting the reins, he's trying to bring them back. Um, so, but what does it say that he's bringing back people that no one wanted? Like AEW didn't want these people. Apparently no No one else wanted them. I mean, maybe Triple H told certain people, Hey, just hold tight. I'm going to be coming into power because I mean, you know, it is just, again, I I joke. It's just so strange that, you know, that right after him and Stephanie seemed to really be on the outs (laughs) of the power structure in the company that, you know. All of a sudden, this news breaks. Yeah. This news breaks, and they are there in power. That is so weird. I, I really hope Hunter and Stephanie get to the bottom of who leaked that stuff. That that, <laughs> that really somebody needs to find that out, man. Who we'd did feel that? real bad if they didn't. So yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. Um, it, what what do you guys? I mean, it, guys think it, and and I I know what certain people, the bad faith actors, are going to say, but I want to hear what you guys say first. So. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, I obviously I watched SummerSlam. We covered that. I didn't really watch any Raws until this past one. I was like, all right, I got to check it out. People, you know, people I think I trust on Twitter seem to be liking the product. And so I fired it up, and there does seem to be a little bit more connectivity from week to week. And maybe part of the reason why I I didn't mind what I was starting to watch on Monday was some of the video packages kind of telling you what was going on. Now they can't be doing that every week. And especially for the people who are tuning in every week, you know, unlike me, I thought it was nice because it's like, Oh, Hey, this is what's been going on. All right, great. Let's, let's continue. But as the show went on, I, I found myself fast forwarding more and more. It's like, oh, let's see what's coming up next because I'm not really interested in this. Uh, and eventually, you know, the the thing that killed my interest is the thing that, you know, from what Triple H has said is not going to change. And that's the camera stuff. You know, that's the production. I, I just cannot get over that. That That is annoying and headache inducing. 
Yeah, I'm. I think he's probably going to get rid of Dunn eventually, but I just don't know why they didn't do it right away. There's they got people working on that production that can take over. <laughs> you know, like it's just universally panned how bad the show is produced with all the camera cuts. It's not in style anywhere else on television to produce and direct like that. Yet they still do it. This is something from like almost 20 years ago. That was like the style, the quick cuts, the shaky camera and stuff. I remember when I was majoring in electronic media briefly in college, and this is like 03, 04. That was like, I remember our teachers talking about that. I didn't like it then. Like, oh, this is the trend right now. Here we are almost 20 years later. This guy thinks it's cool. We got to keep shooting everything like that. Nobody likes it. It's so bad. WWE hasn't changed in 20 years. We always talk about it. There you go. Uh, Who blinks first, by the way? Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was just going to say, you know, and also speaking of done, there's plenty of producers out there who can hang Trump 2020 flags on the production trucks, you know, not after the election, after the election too. Evidently that was after the election. He had that up backstage at the, or is that in Tampa where they were filming at the time? Boy. Yeah. But it, 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 you know, it was funny though. Like, um, Sean Ross Sapp's report was like, oh, Vince may not have even known because he was like during um, the height of COVID. He was kind of sequestered, I guess, Mm -hmm. because they didn't want him getting sick. But yet it comes out today about this five million. There's another five million Mm dollars that people are scratching their heads over for Vince. Where did that go to old big banter Don himself? Yeah. So Um, my thoughts are just that I sense like a little bit more energy on the shows. I do. It's not enough to energize me to watch every minute of those broadcasts right now like i don't feel they're they're putting some focus on some different people or like champa but like you know we never thought champa was going to be bobby lashley you know they could have a competitive match and stuff i guess and that'll help his standing but you know like i looked at some of the other stuff that hunter has done and as you mentioned kyle like the people he's brought back dexter loomis i don't know who that excites um I just I feel people need to pump the brakes on it. They're just over the top. Oh, this is the turning point for the company. Like, let's wait and see. Because as you said, Justin, when the pops run out, what do you do? Because I mean, this guy was very much booking NXT at the end as just pop after pop, short term things, never any long term growth for NXT. Then he was out of power. You know, he was basically booking to do ratings against AEW week to week, and NXT suffered for that. Um, and so. And even just like match finish wise, you know, like talking about what happened with Liv Morgan at SummerSlam, you know, I know they have producers going over the stuff, agents backstage and stuff, but it's all still got to go through Hunter. And that finish of that match between Liv and Ronda should have been axed. So mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't think that he's done a top tier job. Um, he's changed some things a little bit. So I got to give him credit there. But like, I just can't. I can't get excited yet i hope i can eventually because as we always say it's a lot more fun to do a podcast when the wwe's hot i'm not really feeling that yet though Kyle. well let's go back to what we talked about at SummerSlam, our review of that show uh, i believe it was justin that made the analogy with the nice house and the dog poop right yeah <laughs> and outside of there being none of that real egregious stuff the dog poop if you will it it really doesn't seem that different, the show. I, there is a renewed enthusiasm. I agree. I mean, you know, okay, fine. The referees are getting called by their names. We're saying the word wrestler. You know, the announcer <laughs> aren't getting yelled at. But that just, but like, 
you're just getting rid of things that were really horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like it's necessarily better. It's just sort of like you're moving it back to zero, essentially, <laughs> out, out of the negative. <laughs> That, that isn't the stuff the, that never should have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the stuff that was made WWE unwatchable for the past three years or however it's been. Yeah. I mean, and it's not going to put any asses in seats. I mean, you know, hearing these referees. Oh, fuck. That's not going to. I mean, that's not going to. It's just things that people who review the show will harp on. Um, again, you know, there aren't like the really horrible segments. There is some connectivity, as Justin mentioned. But there were, lo- you know, people are acting like there was never a fucking long match on Raw before two weeks ago. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. it. Okay, there was like a forty-five minute three-way tag match back in February. You can watch. Yeah. There's been yeah. plenty of long matches under Vince McMahon. I mean, it just see the the, the Triple H fellatio uh, just seems to be a little much. By the way, I dare you to put that in the YouTube. Uh, <laughs> when I said you know, when I said what are we talking about on the show this week? Pump the brakes on the Triple H fellatio. Yeah. What? Okay, but um, you know, I, I want to talk about something else because. Um, people may, um, you know, accuse us of being hypocritical on something. Oh, who would ever do that? Well, you know, the bad faith actors. And I can already see the tweet in my head that we're going to see. You know, it'll it'll, it'll probably be written by someone real dumb like Ryan Satin, right? (laughs) It'll it'll, it'll go like this, okay? (laughs) IWC, we want new, we want WWE to push new people. Triple H. Here's Karrion Cross and Dexter Loomis. IWC will not them. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking idiot. When we say new people, we want them to be good. Not not the people oh. associated with the decline of NXT. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, you know that tweet's coming from somebody. Yeah. Pardon me yeah. if I spit on the camera. But that, and, that, <laughs> and again, not to be hypocritical. You do have to be careful about too many debuts at once. Just take a look at AEW earlier this year. They had too many. Mm-hmm. We're objective. We were talking. God, we're like, is, when you just keep debuting people and debuting people, none of them really get over. It's just like you're conditioning the crowd to be like crack addicts to see someone new. And they're just popping because it's someone new. They don't really value that person or their journey. So even though the WWE television is stale as six-year-old bread, they need to be careful about that. Uh, Ryan, you brought up Liv Morgan's babyface uh, troubles. Mm-hmm. That's same old, same old. Babyface is getting turned on because they're booked incompetently. Um, you mentioned Ciampa. Okay, we've got some fresher faces on the program getting longer matches. Him, Ford, and Dawkins. But what do they all have in common? They're losing. Yep. Still. Um, and, you know, here's something that scares me. A couple weeks ago, um, I'm watching the program, and Seth Rollins, he made mention that He's going after Roman Reigns. And the crowd kind of popped. And I was like, oh, dear God, no. But I think that's the direction that it, you, you see Rollins. He's beating Ford and Dawkins. I could see that being a top of the card direction for the fall, Rollins and Reigns. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if Reigns is going to keep the title, I guess I'm okay. It doesn't excite me, but, it, you know, I don't give a shit about Seth Rollins if he loses either. So um, there's that. Um, but. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the show feels that totally different, especially. I mean, if Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, it's a match Vince McMahon would have put on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of things there too. That you know, like with uh, Street Profits, Montez Ford is a heel. I mean, probably not the direction that I would go. The Triple H is leaning into that. I mean, maybe he'll be a world blowing, you know, blow the world away as a heel, but. 
Boy, I, I would make that guy a baby face, personally. Question about the Street Profits for both of you. Yeah. Instead of having them feud, would you prefer them be broken up in the draft? Hmm. I think I want to see a feud. I think I'd rather do the feud. Yeah. yeah. It feels like a cop-out to do the draft. I mean, that I get that when it comes to somebody like the Dudley boys who had been together for like 15 years or however long it had been at that point. But with this, I mean, the, these guys, they need a little bit extra juice to get them over. And I, that could be a feud. Plus, does Why the I'll, WWE audience buy that the draft will split them up? Because look what they did with oh, the yeah, New Day. Oh, yeah, that's exactly you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the draft stinks, but... Although hopefully Triple H will at least take it seriously. I don't think Vince McMahon really understood the concept of a draft. Yeah. I don't think he really got it. Yeah. I will say like I'm more confident in Triple H than Vince. I mean, you've heard all the stories coming out. Not that I'm like super confident in him. This is a low bar. And Kyle, you've talked about this, I think, in our Facebook group or in text with us that like, has anyone ever walked into a job with a lower bar? Like he just has to be merely competent and everyone's going to be like, God, Triple H is doing such a great job because it was so bad before he took over. So I do have more confidence, not saying a lot than I did in Vince, who apparently was forgetting people's names and, you know, matches that had happened on backstage. I think we've alluded to that in the past months ago on the show that we had heard that. And I, that's been being reported now in recent weeks. We said that months ago that he didn't even know the roster so, I mean, you can only go up from there. Uh, but I, I don't think the product's like turned a corner personally. Well, well, it's something to watch here. And again, people are going to call us hypocrites. Okay. But the story of 2022 is that while I haven't liked the WWE, like the core WWE audience seems to be more into WWE than they were in the pre- last few years. And I don't know if it's because like the dissenting voices now have AEW, so they don't go to WWE live events or what, but it was very clear. And the audience has grown a little bit, right? This year, we, the, the, the ratings are up or, or at least have stabilized. And it's going to be interesting if those people who were happy with this product under Vince McMahon, how are they going to take to Triple H bringing all these people? I know this. I mean, I don't even know who this person was. It was just a comment. I saw someone was making fun of him. It was a pretty dopey looking account. But someone's like, Kerry Cross, he was cut. That means he's no good. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean these people exist. And they yeah. tend to watch the WWE. I mean, I, I look, the SmackDown audience, we were joking last time we did the watch along. No one on my timeline was watching that show. But yet, over, mm-hmm. it's the most watched wrestling show every week. So, I mean, do these people want all these new names? Uh, I think Triple H, there's a fine line to walk where it's like, yes, obviously everyone wants the egregious shit to be erased. But I don't think, I think there's a lot of people who don't want the boat rocked that much. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. How do you feel about this DeFiend coming back? Yeah, that I was gonna close with this topic because you know there's a there's been a report out from Fightful Select today on this, and they believe that the possibility of Bray Wyatt coming back is is much better now that Vince is out. Apparently, Vince really didn't like Bray Wyatt, and oh. he and his circle went out of their way to criticize him. Like there was loud disagreements backstage, and the stories about like 
uh, Bray being hard to work with and having a bad attitude. Those stories apparently all originated from Vince's inner inner circle. Like they fed those stories and that WWE talent themselves don't back that up at all, that that was the case. So that came from Vince personally. So Kyle, maybe you side with Vince McMahon on that one. <laughs> he didn't think Bray Wyatt was very good. Uh, Triple H is higher on Bray Wyatt. So now the belief is that he could be on his way back. Bray Wyatt in his most recent incarnation to me is a metaphor for the modern WWE has his fans, but I think it's shit. (laughs) You know, I mean, (laughs) I I just, I don't know what else to say, man. I mean, that was some of the, the fiend was responsible for some of the worst television I have ever seen. (laughs) I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, that shit he was doing with Alexa bliss was as bad as anything I have ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> on a wrestling television program. And if he thinks that's good, then he's an idiot. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't mean to like hurt anyone's feelings here, but I mean, that shit was terrible. Yeah. yeah my, my only thought is if he's going to come back, I prefer it to be on WWE, not AEW. Well, I, yeah, I don't think they had really any interest in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like initially there was some contact, but not much. And they, I don't think they ever really seriously thought about bringing him in. So what does that say too? you know? And that was my original point. Who's Triple H bringing back? The people that AEW oh didn't want. And, and to yeah. be blunt, I don't really want. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think I ever said AEW should run out and grab Karrion Cross or Dexter Loomis or Top Dalla. They're going to, like, reform Hit Row without the good person. <laughs> That's an idea. I mean, one guy that's probably going to be coming back that, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing back is Johnny Gargano. Like, I think he is like a lock for WWE now. If there was ever any question where he was going to go with Hunter in charge, him and Candice are going to be back in WWE. I would be shocked (laughs) if they are not. Because we've said this before, like, he is a guy, that's his dream job. You can see him becoming an agent someday, becoming a trainer someday, and he'll be perfectly happy doing that. And, you know, that's what he wants. That's what he should seek out. And I mean, I said when he became free that I didn't really want to see him in AEW anyways because I didn't think he was different enough from what they already had. Like a lot of guys his size that are really good workers. But he he was a guy. I mean, we've said he had a great baby face NXT run, but to the point about not being confident in Triple H, perhaps, what did they do with Johnny Gargano and NXT towards the end? Turn him heel. One of the that worst was also decisions. Very bad. Yeah, that was also <laughs> so, yeah. Index and all that shit with Austin. That was real bad. Um, I, I mean, I don't think Gargano's gonna be a top of the card player. No. I, I want to mm. see them honestly just reunite DIY and them to yeah. be an awesome babyface tag team. Maybe have them beat the Usos or something. Yeah. Like that. Look, the bottom line is they do need some new people on those yes. shows because it, it's funny how we, you know, I think about that Vince McMahon quote from earlier this year. Remember, he's like. Maybe we need to release some more people and give them there. And I was like, and at the time we we're like, what an asshole thing to say that was. <laughs> yeah. But like, I kind of see us thinking in the sense that like AEW is the most bloated roster now. Mm-hmm. And WWE needs some warm bodies. They need new. I mean, for God's sake, man, Raw this week ended with AJ Styles versus The Miz in yeah. 2022. That is dire. Like I'm saying, that's not going to keep me tuned in for hour number three. Can can I just... There was no star power on Raw, I felt. Mm -mm. Like, none. Uh, The the one rumor that does bum me out, I was really hoping to see 
Sasha go on to AEW, but the rumor mill's making mm-hmm. it sound like, you know, her and Naomi are heading back to WWE, which yeah. would be a real bummer to me. Yeah. But gosh, gosh darn, doesn't that women's tag team tournament look great? <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> not good at Kyle's face. Says it all. I mean, after it's over, then obviously you're going to have a confrontation with those two probably yeah. coming back. And it's be like, well, what the hell was the point of the tournament? Then here they are. <laughs> a lot of not over women. Yeah. A lot of matches that sound very bad. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of state. Miss, I think they misspelled Dewdrop on the graphic, too. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be people drop. coming back. Maybe not the greatest. Maybe not the people that would excite some people the most. But, you know, the fiend, they, Kyle will pop. He'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, they need new people, for God's sake. But, uh, oh, I, by the way, Frank, here you go. Hey, you there? <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at, by the way? That's a guy that Triple H should push. Yeah. I said, I'll take back everything negative I said about Triple H if he lets him put the weight back on. Calls him Walter again. And give him the name back. Yeah. Yeah. Just have him come out and cut a promo. Like, what? A, they wanted to call me Gunther? What a stupid-ass name. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, as the fall progresses and we move closer and closer to WrestleMania season, they up the ante a little bit. But I, I just cannot say that I am very excited right now but yeah. at least there's been some change yeah um anything else you guys want to hit on because we are out of our agenda i think i think we're pretty good so next week finally after oh, months yes. and months and months and months of delay top rope nation will be- bring <laughs> I just saw this chat from Jesse. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna, I'll come back to that topic in a second. But Jesse says, <laughs> I couldn't get through this without laughing. Is there more distance between Sasha and Naomi and the women's <laughs> tag team division or between Sasha and the people who bought a photo op in Chicago? Did you guys see those pictures? How ridiculous was it that? Pretty silly. But, I mean, I wouldn't want to take a picture with some of those smelly people either. Yep. <laughs> Well, don't do the event then. I mean, God, what they charge for those pictures too? Just that's terrible. Uh, roots so, of fight, it, Adam Paul. Yeah, Justin Shearer's roots of fight. The whole Bret Hart line there is awesome. All right, so next week, what we're going to do is bring back a fantasy draft. The last one we did, I believe, was the best TV matches of all time. We did this around the time of the Kenny Bryan match last fall. Friend from the torch, Zach Haydorn, was on with us on that one. Next week, we're doing a fantasy draft. There's a vote for it right now on Patreon. It's down to either the best matches from Macho Man Randy Savage or the best tag teams of all time. But either way, we're going to be doing a fantasy draft. They're always popular with the listeners. Should be a lot of fun. We've got a great guest lined up for that one. Stay tuned. You'll find out real soon but someone you're not going to want to miss a lot of fun having him on the show for the very first time and that will be coming out next week so we'll drop on the podcast feed on friday this one we're not going to do live because with the fantasy drafts i do some production stuff after the fact like on the video stream put in pictures of the matches and stuff it's just too hard to do live because i don't know what matches people are going to select or tag teams they're going to select so we're going to be recording that one early in the week Um, It will actually drop early for patrons. So Patreon supporters will 
probably get that show 48 hours early. So if you don't want to wait until next Friday, you can get next week's show on Wednesday by becoming a Patreon supporter. But as I said, you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a really good time. So that's coming down the line. In the meantime... Well, when are we uh, cutting off the voting here? Because I got to do my studying real here. soon. I think mm-hmm. probably tomorrow. Yeah, because okay. we need time to prepare. And then, and then what, our what, vote. What then our vote's vote? going to be up for the next vote will be on uh, classics for the end of the month for okay. August. Top How's class. that looking? I'll, we could talk about this off air. I, yeah, I we got nominations, of, but no. I voting. have a lot of yeah. questions for you. Okay. All right, we'll talk off air on that. But uh, yeah, there'll be another Patreon vote right after that. But yeah, it's. This one for the draft is either going to be Randy Savage or best tag teams. It's it's real close between those two. So if you're a Patreon supporter and you haven't voted, do so real soon because I'm going to be best, voting. Best WWE tag teams or best tag teams, period? Just period. Oh, good. Yeah, open it up. So that's what's coming next week. <laughs> and then we'll be getting ready for SummerSlam, not SummerSlam, All Out. We'll be getting ready for Clash at the Castle on the horizon as well. So got some big shows lined up. And I'll we'll talk about this off air as well. I got two top rope nation extra ideas already planned. There you go, another Patreon one, exclusive show. One person doesn't already know, doesn't even know I'm going to invite him. It's going to be real <laughs> awkward when he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are always can't miss. Top rope nation extra, top rope nation classics, our bonus shows on Patreon, closing in on a hundred bonus shows for our Patreon supporters. So sign up. Click the link in the broadcast description. And we will be talking to all of you next week. Have a good weekend. Take care, everybody. Peace.